0: You're listening to the best of Kevin Inquiry on 93.5 and
2: 107.5. The Fan. I'm glad to hear we're streaming back normal. That is right. So thank you, you guys to
0: the look good for today, example. And nice. we do appreciate everybody's loyalty, by the way, in uh, sticking by that and writing it out. So the Colts now have their new head coach, Shane Sykin, yesterday officially introduced. That is something that I think that we all knew for a few days was uh, seemingly going to happen. But the question is this, it was a very expansive search, and we want your thoughts on what you think, 239-1070, of this hire or your initial impressions. But it was a very, uh, you know, wide net that was cast by Chris Ballard and Jim Merced There were a number of interviews that took place. So the biggest question I think a lot of you have, let's go back to it, is in the outset of this. When Shane Steichen was just one of many coaches who had applied and or been interviewed by the Indianapolis Colts, what exactly was it that separated him and put him in the forefront to Chris Ballard and Jim Merce? Here is the new Colts head coach on his approach to the interview itself and the vision that he had for this job.
3: Well, I think the the process they went through uh, in the interview process was ex- extremely detailed um, and obviously they interviewed a lot of candidates and I spent many, many hours with them over a Zoom and then them coming to Philadelphia. Uh, they did an unbelievable job going through that process and really my vision that I shared with them um, I want to build this thing on four pillars. Our culture is going to be built on four pillars and one's going to be character. Character is very important to me. We want to treat people with respect and we want to feed the positive and weed out the negative. And number two is the preparation. I truly believe this. The separation in this league is in the preparation. How we prepare as a football team and an organization Monday through Saturday will ultimately di- dictate the outcome of a football game. Now, is it going to guarantee us a victory? No. But it's going to give us a fighting chance. I promise you that. And number three is consistency. we got to be consistent. And it starts with us as coaches. Being consistent with our message to the players and tell them exactly how we want it to look and how we want it to be done and number four is relentless we got to be relentless in our pursuit to be the best the best players the best coaches i've been around are obsessed with their craft and that's what we want to build here and that's what we want to get done
2: you know typically in a opening press conference like that you know some coach is going to lay out pillars and you know the preparation one clearly he was very adamant about Monday through Saturday. And I think when you watch the Philadelphia Eagles, and particularly you watch them offensively, I do feel like they're able to create an advantage for themselves in that area. You know, I think the other big question that I had for Shane yesterday was, you know, what did you learn from Nick Sirianni as a first time head coach? Because I do think there are similarities. You know, I've talked with people on the Chargers staff with Shane Steichen. And very passionate, I think, would be the biggest similarity between Steichen and Sirianni. You know, at times, Sirianni probably is a little bit like overly emotional, some would say. Um, I, I think Steichen might be just a little bit scaled back in that realm. But, you know, someone that coaches Steichen with the Chargers said to me yesterday, or I guess earlier in the week, It is a great hire, but in particular, it's a great hire because they're so desperate at quarterback. Like, that is just the cherry on top. And Chris Boward called it an added bonus yesterday. I I would go a couple steps further um, because, Jake, as we've laid out so often here, the AFC just calls for this right now. You are in a... If the AFC is a market, you've got to keep pace in the market. And right now, you are way behind the pace. I mean, right. you, you are. You're even, right. You look ahead, and they are light years ahead of you, the rest of the conference, in how they've approached the quarterback position in particular. And this, to me, is a step in trying to get a little bit closer to that pace. Um, I know we'll play the quarterback clip a little bit later that Jim Merce mentioned. I I truly believe this. I think Shane Steichen will be very open-minded to the quarterback group in 2023. I don't think he will be... We have to have this style. Sure, he's going to have a favorite at some point, but I don't think you're going to get some... Yeah, this is the guy that I watch. This is the guy that fits our system. If you look at what they ran with Phillip Rivers, you look at what they ran with Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, all of it, um, very different. Very different. Yeah, that's the thing. The... The three quarterbacks with
0: which he is most connected. He had Philip Rivers essentially. You know, Philip Rivers was a a non-mobile but a quick-release, laser passer, really good vision quarterback. Justin Herbert, arm strength can throw the ball into tight windows, but but throw it past double coverage. Obviously a mobile guy, but but across his body, etc. And then Jalen Hurts, as we know, I wouldn't say that Philadelphia necessarily relied on Jalen Hurts opening things up with his legs and then going to the air, but they took advantage of his mobility and his ability to, to pull the ball down and run with it. And to your point, Kevin, I mean, I'm kind of repeating what you're saying here, but I think that gives the Colts, whether it would be Will Levis or C.J. Stroud, or Bryce Young, even Richardson out of Florida... I think it gives the Colts some flexibility of if the it, we don't have to narrow and hone in on one specific quarterback style here, right? Like you kind of have three different players yeah. or four different players there. This is a guy that seems to have a versatility and an open-mindedness about who he's working
2: with. I mean, with. to steal a phrase from Chris Ballard, Jake, Shane Steichen's not going to walk into this process over the next two months and have an end in sight. Right, he will be open minded, and his resume is open minded. Obviously, he's going to have particular things he's looking for, but he will be open minded on that. one question I wanted to ask Shane yesterday was about again Nick Sirianni, what he learned from a first time, a young first time head coach in Philadelphia. Um, here was Shane
3: yesterday on the biggest thing he learned from Nick Sirianni. Nick did an unbelievable job uh, of holding guys accountable. And I know the players that were here with him, I know they saw that, uh, and he carried that over to Philadelphia. And uh, he never let anything slide. And I think as a head football coach, you got to hold people hold people accountable. And uh, if something ain't right, something needs to be said. And it's player to player, coach to coach, coach to player. Like, we got to make sure we're all on the same page and rolling, and he did a hell of a job doing that.
2: I would think that makes Chris Bauer, Jim
0: Mercer, a bit excited. I mean, you could see it with Philadelphia – as I mentioned at the top of the show, when you look at the Eagles players, I I, I saw yesterday a post that had screen grabs of like eight different interviews where Philadelphia players were on national shows or local shows like ours in Philadelphia. I I have yet to hear them say, you know, the, the turf was so slick or the officials really had untimely calls or we weren't anticipating the way they were calling the game at the line. None of that. Everything I've seen from Philadelphia was, hey, you know what? We we should have played better. We there was no excuse for us losing that lead. We the, the the field was slick on both sides. I mean, total accountability.
2: And again, that comment right there, I knowing Nick Sirianni a bit, that doesn't shock me that that was Shane Steichen's biggest takeaway. But it also, I think, is so important for the Colts to hear that, believe in that. In making Shane Steichen the hire, because we can all look at his quarterback resume. We can all see, oh, Justin or Philip Rivers made these Pro Bowls with him as his position coach. And Justin Herbert was the offensive rookie of the year with Shane Steichen as the OC. And, you know, Jalen Hurts was an injury away from being the MVP this season with Shane Steichen calling the plays. We all can see that, but it's the behind the scenes, it's the accountability stuff that, again, was something that. You know, the Colts really felt like Jeff Saturday changed the tune on here, and that was really important to maintain that. And I do think that part of Steichen's leadership is going to be critically critically important. Um, To me, walking away from that press conference, I liked a lot of what I heard. I like a a lot of how it sounded. As I said earlier, I think he's a guy that doesn't waste words. I think he's very direct with his communication. I think those are all important aspects to being a leader, especially a leader of a football team, my biggest question will just be, how does he delegate? Because he is going to call plays. That's Kevin, that's the
0: one area. Let's go to the elephant in the room here. It's got to be of concern, right?
2: That is a big question to have.
0: Frank Reich admitted. Somebody pointed this out to me on text, but it's it's an excellent point. Frank Reich admitted at times, not all the time, and I can't think of a specific you would know better than I because – I don't know, you you seem to remember the nuances of games, game in, game out, better than I. But I recall Frank Reich admitting on a couple of occasions, like late in games with a timeout situation or certain things, where he admitted to erring and not having like total clarity of thought and getting kind of lost in, as I call it, the arrows that are slinging past. And I think that's sometimes because he was focused, like he had admitted to Jeff Saturday. I think it was in it might have been the Pittsburgh game. There was one of them where Jeff Saturday admitted to me like, "Hey, listen, like I I'm sitting there, you know, hoping that we've got the next play called up before before I burn a timeout."
2: Yeah, I, I'm looking up, I think it was Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: and so You know, these are guys, Saturday is a better indicator of, obviously, Shane Steichen because of the fact of the inexperience, but Frank Reich had been doing it for five years, and even Frank Reich admitted there were times where the intricacies of the moment got lost because he was calling the plays. That's a five-year veteran. So what about a first-year head coach that now suddenly is putting that on his plate? Is he biting off more than he can chew right out of
2: the box? I think a hire that I would make, if I'm Shane Steichen, is someone you have an incredible amount of trust in that is in the booth for you on game day. And Jake, he is in my ear yelling at me. We have to take a timeout after this play's over. We We have to challenge this call. Let's think about this. We have a minute 27 on the clock. We've got two timeouts. Ideally, we want to snap the ball with 15 on the play clock. These games are way too close in the NFL. Parody defines the league. And if you watch Philadelphia – There were moments the other night, I thought it was total Nick Sirianni. There were moments the other night where the Eagles were on, if you're watching your your television set, the Eagles' sideline would have been on the bottom part of the TV. So you can't really see any part of the sideline. But Nick Sirianni would literally be like three or four yards out on the field as soon as the previous play was over, making sure that official saw him to take a timeout. Now again, Nick Sirianni... Decided to stop calling plays midway through his first year as the Eagles head coach. Passed it off to Shane Steichen. You watch Philadelphia. They are terrific situationally. They're on top of so much of that stuff. And I think it's something that Nick really prides himself in of being that manager over the course of a 60-minute game. I don't know Shane Steichen. Talked to some people about him. Obviously saw the press conference yesterday yesterday. A question that I had about Sirianni, Jake, when he took the Philadelphia job was, I'm afraid that too much will be on his plate. Especially when I heard he was going to call plays. Right. Well, midway through his first season, he said too much was on his plate. And he passed some of that off. My initial impression of Steichen is maybe he is able to handle a little bit more of that. Again, until you get in the fire, you got no idea how you're going to handle that. And obviously you have an Andy Reid, you have a Sean McVay. There are coaches around the league that certainly call plays. But if you're going to do that, you need someone in the booth that you trust without question. That you don't question them on the headset because you can't afford to make those mistakes when time is so precious. That is a must for me for Shane Steichen in filling out this coach's Do you believe, and I know that we've... Today
0: is a day to talk about the fact the Colts have a new head coach. I get it. But, my question for you, Kevin Bowen, do you believe that this, and this is going to sound, I don't mean this as a disrespect to Jeff Saturday at all, but for lack of a better phrase, does this officially turn the page forever on Jeff Saturday? Is is Jeff Saturday now, I I don't want to say passe, because he is a beloved member of the franchise, he's in the ring of honor, he was a great player, he's obviously a great guy, he's been a friend of this program, but is Jeff Saturday now like yesterday's news to the Colts itself or is he still a name that carries resonance and weight within the franchise
2: do you ask that in saying like do you do I think he can get a job both within the organization I I would like to think the further we get removed from the Jeff Saturday era we can have the appreciation we had back in October of what he means to this franchise and and I think we can all get there I mean I think you can put the two-month interim stint to the side and have the deserved appreciation that should come with Jeff Saturday and what he's done for the Colts. Given that Jim Irsay seemingly took a bit of a backseat and let Chris Ballard run this show, I I don't think we'll see Jeff Saturday involved with the organization here in the next X amount of years. I think it'd be very awkward for Shane Steichen and Chris Ballard. I don't think they would want it. And I don't think they need that. What would Saturday's role be? He doesn't want to be a position coach by all accounts. He has no history with personnel. I, I don't understand where, why you would make that sort of hire. I just think it'd be awkward. Too many cooks in the kitchen, um, th- that sort of thing. Um, it was a question that, you know, I, I would have liked to have asked Jim Irsay yesterday. You know, you've been in many of those press conference settings, Jake. You know that first off, you can't get all of your questions in right during that period. I also felt like in a pep rally type setting, we're there to probably get to know Shane Steichen more than anything. You know, we'll have a couple of other chances to Correct. talk to Jim Time and place, Right? Yeah, th- this off season, it's not like we got Ursay or Ballard off to the side. You know, that would have been a little bit more of a one-on, you know, one-on-one setting to ask that sort of question. But a little bit of education behind this answer, but a little bit more of a gut feel. I, I do not believe Jeff Saturday will have a role at the organization in the next year or so.
0: Now he did send out a message to Colts fans. I assume at this point most people have heard that, right? And He thanked the petitioners. Oh, he said his wife and son were among them, right? about that? Do you think they went under an alias? (laughs) Perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) Many times. Maybe they were a couple of the 3,700 or whatever it was. For those
2: that missed it, we will play that a little bit later. Jeff Saturday's clip from... Are are we assuming a Georgia Lake? I think it was a Georgia...
0: It was a lake, certainly, I. although he was kind of bundled
2: up, right? Well. But yeah, I think he yeah. is back in Georgia. You never know on the water, so it can get a little cool out there. You never know what you will encounter. Stephen Holder was there yesterday. He's going to join us. Again, something I mentioned a little bit earlier with Steven. He had a couple of other names besides the Rich Basaccia, Aaron Glenn, Raheem Morris names that Jim Irsay talked about yesterday. Um, as far as you know, who were other candidates that really impressed the Colts runner-up, et cetera, et cetera, to Shane Steichen? But we'll get Steven's thoughts. And the, coming up at nine o'clock, we'll get the Philly side of it. Anthony, Anthony Gargano, uh, who's in Philly radio out there, um, we'll talk to him about Shane Steichen and also, you know, does he think any staff members? You know, something I think to point out about the hire of Jonathan Gannon yesterday to Arizona, Jake. You have two coordinators for the same team that just got hired you know seemingly on the same day
0: right Nick Seriani all of a sudden is well, like well wait a minute first
2: right? off Sirianni scrambling secondly right. do we have an arms race between Sykin mean. and Gannon to you hire Eagles assistants
0: in, right you guys are going in two different directions right you know,
2: if you're the offensive assistant in Philly right now wouldn't you want to go be with Gannon because he's the defensive coach if you're a defensive assistant in Philly would you want to with taken because that side of the ball you know might be right. up for grabs again we'll see if they retain gus bradley i'm certainly not ruling that out by any means i think there's a decent chance that happens but uh, just kind of a fascinating angle
4: life is so much more than a diagnosis it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy all hits no skips Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqal and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
2: To that side of it. We are trying to get Stephen Holder um, to join us here. And uh, again, coming up in the nine o'clock hour, we'll get the Philly oh, side of all it. I can, with, all I can hear is Mark going, "Hang on, hang on." Can you hear me, steven Hello? <laughs> Are we having some technical difficulties? It kind of sounds like that sound you just made. We we here's the
0: thing. You like that? We 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 have the YouTube stream now. Cell connection, to different issues Is that right, Mark? Yeah. yeah. Let's see how this goes. Let's throw it and see. Let's see how this goes, Stephen. That's always fun in radio. Is he on right? the island in the Georgia Lake? With I think Jeff it's Saturday. our. I think
2: our receiver. Uh, it's on our end. is what you're yeah, saying. I think it's our end. Steven, can you hear us? I can now.
5: Yeah, I don't. When uh, when he was trying to pass me through, it was a it was a Charlie Brown deal. No, Charlie Brown uh, teacher. It's
2: not you, Steven. It's me. Kind of like That's the Colts' of offense last year, trying to pass, right?
5: <laughs> uh, yeah. I remember they said communication issues. You know, I guess that's uh, that's what we had.
2: Well, uh, we haven't. Imp- I guess, you know, they hire Shane Steichen. We've taken a step in the right direction here in trying to change uh, those issues. Um, I'll leave it pretty open ended to begin with, Steven. Your initial impressions of Shane Steichen?
5: Yeah, I, I don't make, you know, too many conclusions on the press conference, obviously, because you, you can't always tell very much. But I do think the, the impression I came away with yesterday not just from him, but just really uh, in regards to the entire situation, is that this is all about quarterback. Everything they're doing right now is driven by quarterback. And I was told, for example, that the the big takeaway from a couple people I talked to in the building was like, this guy, we think this guy can fix our offense. (laughs) And so they're not making any bones about this. You know what I mean? I think they they understand what their needs are and, and where they need to go and this is a hire that is aimed at fixing that. Uh, also, the other thing is that uh, he he does have some dynamic leadership ability from from what I understand. But I also have heard that he's he's a little different in terms of his leadership style, and that it, it'll maybe it'll maybe take some getting used to for people. So so that'll be interesting as well. Um, you know, once he gets in the building and gets with the guys,
0: Steven, We were talking about this earlier, and I, I want your thought on this in terms of Shane Steichen and being able to kind of revamp or or not even revamp, but vamp the Colts offense, I mean, get it going. The versatility of systems under which he has worked yeah. or the versatility of style of quarterbacks seemingly gives the Colts now some flexibility where they are not pigeonholing themselves to one specific quarterback. And if they don't get that guy, it all goes bust. You think that was a factor in this decision?
5: One thousand percent. I, in fact, I was I was told exactly that by someone uh, in the building yesterday, and it's in it's even in my story this morning on ESPN.com. I, I, that is a point that I I thought was important to make because it's true. I, I do think so. Let's let's relate this to Frank Reich who I am on record as saying I think is a very good coach. I, I think he has a good chance of success in his second go-round if they get the quarterback right. Now, the the, the the drawback, I guess, with Frank Reich from an offensive perspective is that his offense is – it is definitely more complex and, and more specific to a certain type of quarterback. So that did create some – I think, limitations uh, on the Colts when it came to acquiring quarterbacks. It doesn't mean they, they had to rule out certain guys, but but there definitely was, uh, I think, a lot of importance placed on the fit of the quarterback, all right, under Frank Reich, if that makes sense. That, they think, is going to be much less important with Shane Steichen, and I think he has displayed that. I mean, he, he laid it out for us yesterday. The three quarterbacks he's worked with, uh, most recently we're talking about Philip Rivers, Justin Herbert, and Jalen Hurts. N- the, all three of those guys are very, very, very different, uh, as you have already established. And I think the way they have played offensively has been very different with each of those guys. So I, I think it's very clear to me that, that they can play uh, a different style and with a different style of quarterback if they need to, Uh, with Shane Steichen and and do it, you know, pretty, you know, in in a pretty versatile fashion.
2: And again, keeps you open-minded as you enter the draft process, which I think is important considering you are picking four, but there are still some outliers in in who you potentially will be able to get as your new quarterback. And Stephen Holder, what...
5: I would add, just just to add this, KB, along the same lines, I actually think... Uh, as much as Jim Mercer <laughs> is trying to let the cat out of the bag about trading up and Bryce Young, I actually think it, it almost gives them a little more freedom to stay put at number four. You know, if you if you feel like you're not, you're not having to go get a specific guy. Now, you may just love a guy, sure. like Bryce Young, you may just love him that much and think he's that much better. Well, then great, go get him. But I'm just saying, it, I, I don't think it makes you as beholden to having to do that. Yeah,
2: I mean, I know this is a conversation we'll have in the next couple of months. I do think that's a bit of a dangerous game, if, to your point, one is above the rest, considering yeah, sure. you've got your division team in Houston sitting there at number 2. Um, again, Stephen Holder with us, ESPN.com. His latest Colts unveil, Shane Steichen and his head coach to solve QB woes. That is on ESPN.com. Stephen, this is a thought I had and kind of walking back. To, to the media room yesterday after the press conference, I thought to myself, "Why didn't Frank Reich hire Shane Steichen as his OC in 2018?" And, and obviously, Nick Sirianni was a fine hire and has had great success with Philly. But do you have any sort of intel into that? I, I have a couple of thoughts, but curious if you had any intel into that.
5: I don't know. I, that's a good question. I, I do think that that he and Nick, I think, from my from on a personal level, were just very very close. And I think very like-minded. And so that, as much as anything, determines you know, your hires, right? I mean, are you in lockstep with a person, et cetera? I mean, it's very clear the love that, that Nick Sirianni has for Frank Reich, right? I mean, <laughs> we saw it after the Colts-Eagles game. Colts fans so, felt it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so I think that is really what it boils down to. I would say this. So I, I don't think he would mind me saying this. I reached out to Frank yesterday. Or the last, actually, a couple of days ago, because I know he knows Shane Steichen pretty well, and I wanted his impression, and I knew he'd give me an honest answer, even though he's taken the job he once held. And he actually was very complimentary, very complimentary. He said he thought it was a really good hire. He said good play caller. Uh, he he says that he he will be dynamic as a leader, although different, which is kind of what I was talking about earlier. And so uh, he gave me a, a pretty strong endorsement of the hire of uh, the guy who just took his job so you know kudos to him for giving an honest answer
0: steven in terms of Stephen holder's our guest by the way he's on the payless liquors hotline you can read his work at espn.com um do you believe because this has always been a question I, I think for the last couple of months do you believe now that as they were sitting up there because the precedent has not always been this way when you were watching the press conference, you had Shane Steichen to your left. You had Jim saying in the middle, Chris Ballard on the right. Is this the first time in a while that we have seen for that trio of positions for the Indianapolis Colts, three men that are all on the same page?
5: Oh, well, they're on the same page now. Now, oh, nothing has happened yet, right? They haven't lost a game. Uh, they haven't made any crucial decisions. And I, I think when Frank Reich was sitting up there, you know, uh, five years ago, I think they were all in lockstep at that time. I think when Chuck Pagano was sitting up there, you know, ten years ago, <laughs> uh, with with Ryan Grigson, they were all in lockstep. You know, you would think at that time we know that did not remain true uh, throughout their tenure. Talking about the the Pagano and Grigson era, right? I mean, we know that they had, they had many many breakdowns in the years to come. I'm not forecasting that, and I don't even think there was necessarily a falling out with Frank Reich and, and the rest of the brass. I I don't think there's that, but, but there definitely is situations where circumstances happen and, and opinions change uh, how those decisions reflect on individuals can change things. Right. So, I mean, it's like anything, it's like new love, right? I mean, we're coming off Valentine's day. Right. And so a new relationship, you're in love. uh, It's great. Uh, this is the person you've been waiting for, and then you have your first fight, and you realize, oh wait a minute, I can't believe they said that to me, right? You know, so that's where they are right now. Uh, we'll, we'll see, though. I will say, definitely, from Shane Steichen's perspective, he definitely was singing from the right hymnal, and he, he was he was hitting the right notes that they wanted to hear. You know what I mean? Uh, talking about things like discipline and things like that. I mean, he was maybe he was being political (laughs) but he was definitely singing the right notes so we'll see i thought it
0: was interesting steven that shane steichen you know he went through and basically listed every single member of the philadelphia eagles he he did a really nice job of of thanking a lot of people that have been important to him but he definitely did so when it came to players thanking players (coughs) excuse me and in addition to that he, he he made more than once the reference of It's about players. I heard him say that a couple times. You know, it's about the players. Was that, maybe not even overtly, but was that like a subconscious message of, we need players here? Do they have the players right now on the Indianapolis Colts roster for him to succeed to the level that he hopes?
5: Well, to your second question, I think the answer is they need more. Uh, I don't think they're necessarily like some kind of talent wasteland or anything. I don't believe that, but I don't believe they have enough. You can't watch that Super Bowl on Sunday night, and and then look at the Colts roster and say, yeah, you know, I think with a couple tweaks they could get there. I don't think you can honestly look in the mirror and and believe that. And so I, I don't think that they that their talent level is bad. I, I just think it's not enough. And and then when the quarterback play was was so poor last year, it just exposed some of the other shortcomings. I, I think the. The skill positions, Jonathan Taylor, I I have faith that Jonathan Taylor will be back, and and will be back as the guy we think he is, if he's healthy, and I think that he will be. He had the surgery, got that fixed. Now, at the the wide receiver position, Chris Ballard doubled down on that last year and all that. I I don't think he was wrong. I think they had a lot of promise there, but that's what they had. They had promise. They didn't have proven elite talent, and there's a difference, like an enormous difference, right? Right. And so I think the pass catching has to be upgraded. If you want, I mean, depending on what you want to be, right? If you're not in a rebuild, then you got to upgrade the, the pass catching. And now I'd say this you know, if you want this guy who, you know, somebody in my story, I referred to the, the quote, they call him a mad scientist type of guy. You know, he's got all these ideas. Okay, that's great, but ideas require players. <laughs> okay, they just do. And I don't know if it was sort of a, a subconscious message as much as just an acknowledgement because it's true right it is about the players I mean why does St. Steichen look like such a genius last year well because Jalen Hurts is one of one right and A.J. Brown is one of one yeah having Devontae
0: Smith as your third offensive option is usually a pretty good situation right
5: exactly so I don't think he has to, like, go out there and put it on a billboard. All he's got to do is say, hey, man, watch the damn tape, <laughs> okay? And look what I did when I had the, the horses. I, I just think it's it's pretty obvious, and, and the, the Eagles are the embodiment of that statement, that it is about the players.
2: Steven Holder from ESPN.com. He's with us here on the Payless Lakers Hotline. Steven, we saw Gus Bradley. We saw Bubba Ventrone in yep. the building yesterday for the press conference. Um, are you under the impression those two will be retained and any other staff members um, that you are you know, kind of curious about or hearing whispers on?
5: Yeah, I think the the organization felt very strongly about those two coordinators that I know. And, and I, I don't think there's any reason to jump through hoops to replace them. I mean, certainly if Shane Steichen... Felt very strongly about a defensive coordinator that he had in mind. That would be one thing, uh, but I think the cream of the crop has been kind of uh, taken, you know, on the in this hiring cycle. So, so that's a factor. And if you if you like what you have, and they definitely have history, we know that he being, or excuse me, they being Steichen and Gus Bradley, I think that makes sense to just move forward as long as he's on the same page. Don't don't make a guy stuck with somebody he doesn't want though that's never a good situation and in the long term you'll you'll regret that so as long as he's on board with it I think that's great um Bubba ventrone I don't know how you upgrade that spot frankly i am keeping Bubba ventrone ten times out of ten
2: yeah I would agree with that statement um you think there was a runner up to this you know Jim Irsay mentioned yeah. Raheem Morris and Rich Bisacci and Aaron Glenn yesterday. I know you've thrown out a couple of more names kind of in that group of people that, yep. you know, left great impressions on the Colts. Uh, you know, do do you feel like there was a
5: runner-up? Yeah, I, I think it was Raheem Morris. I really do. Um, his ability to kind of command the room is is what won them over with him. And, and I, I really just – no one said this, but really just reading between the lines – I think if you're asking me like what pushed Steichen over the top, I think it would just be the the quarterback mm-hmm. uh, angle of this. You know what I mean? Which I get. And that's fair. And and it sucks for for Raheem Morris and any defensive coach, right? That that's unfortunate. But uh, but certainly that had to that had to weigh heavily here. There's no question. It had to just for where they are. You know, if they were a different team in a different situation, um, I think maybe this goes differently. I just do. But anyway, it, I would say the other names, I think Raheem's probably was probably one B with B being one A. Uh, I think the other names are Averro for sure. Aaron Glenn was definitely in the mix. Callahan was definitely in the mix. I think those are the those are kind of the the three um and Basaccia definitely got got them thinking as well.
0: Steven, is there any quarterback out there? that is already in the National Football League that their services could wean the Colts away from the thought of drafting a quarterback in the first round and growing that player.
5: Yeah, I mean the only guy right now that comes to mind is Derek Carr, but but I also I, I also think with Derek Carr and you know, if you're talking about going to a Super Bowl which is, the, you know, ultimately the goal. Does he get you there? Do you, are you confident? I d- I don't know that answer. I think you can be a playoff team. I think you can be, you can contend for the AFC South. Um, I, I think you know they may even have the best quarterback situation in the division from day one with him, perhaps. Depending on how you feel about Trevor Lawrence, but but does it does it get you to the Super Bowl in the long term? Ah. I think not unless you do what I was just talking about and you go out there and you get yourself an an Eagles type of roster, which, you know, it's not very easy to do. So I, I think with Derek Carr, he's had a lot of talent around him offensively. Granted, their defense has been bad. I mean, not even bad, just absolutely embarrassing. But that being said, I, I mean, Derek Carr is a guy who I think with a good situation can succeed. Is he going to lift a team and and be transcendent? That I have doubts about. And I like the guy. So anyway, I just I just don't think so. I think this is too golden of an opportunity. Go get your quarterback and and make it happen. Now, if you want to go spend money and get this guy and, and then you know continue to draft a, a player In spite of that, that's one thing. But I don't, I don't think the commitment you're going to have to make to Derek Carr is probably going to be multiple years and a lot of money. And I don't think you can do both. It, it,
0: I'm almost, I'm ready for you and Kevin to both like laugh and then text each other and be like, "What a moron!" (laughs) We would never. Only because of his weekly Wednesday thing for Stephen. uh, Only because of his (laughs) offensive versatility and the offensive versatility of Jalen Hurts. I realize he's probably going to be franchise tagged. Is Lamar Jackson even in the discussion if he is available
5: because the Colts have cap room? Well, here's where here's where he has to be in the discussion. I don't think it's going to happen, but here's where he has to be in the discussion. If there was some method of getting him, I don't think there is, but if there was, right? Here's where I think you, you make the argument. It's Steichen and what he did with Jalen Hurts. I mean – what could he do with Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson is a better player than Jalen Hurts. I'm saying it now, okay? He's a better player. I, again, this is there's like a point one two four percent chance of this happening. I don't know why I made up that number. That was very random, but <laughs> it's not going to happen, right? But you know, for the sake of conversation, right? We're on talk radio. That's what we do. I, I do think that would be scintillating. There's no question about it. I think Steichen. Could could do wonders. I mean, especially with the Colts' running game, with what it once was. If they could resurrect that, oh, I would. i didn't here for that. Uh, I just don't see how it happens. If you're the Ravens, you have no path. If you if you part with Lamar Jackson, I mean, where are you going, right? What's your What's your plan,
2: Steven, We'll end with this and appreciate your time. On what's a busy morning for you? I think Ian Rapoport tweeted uh, a six-year contract for Shane Steichen that would put him under contract through 2028. I believe the Chris Ballard extension from not this past offseason, but the one prior to that is through 2026. How do you view these two and the old phrase of tied at the hip?
5: Um, yeah, I, I think that I think the contract doesn't matter when it comes to the, the idea of being tied at the hip. I mean, it, it matters some. It matters from a financial perspective. But it doesn't matter from the perspective of whether or not, uh, you know, these two guys will be linked, you know. And, and so I, I think, you know, from an employment perspective, you know. So so I, I think this is Chris Ballard's hire. That is clear. This is definitely Chris Ballard's hire. Uh, unless you're Howie Roseman, you know, usually you don't get to hire three or four or five coaches you know what i'm saying so (laughs) this needs to work out for chris ballard and i think he's he's staking a lot on this and and the quarterback decision he's about to make these these are going to be the defining moments and the defining decisions of chris ballard's career i believe steven i have one more for you
0: it's halloween eve so october 30th so that's what basically eight months from right now eight and a half months you call Jeff Saturday on the telephone. He answers. Uh-oh. You say, Jeff, what's up? It's Stephen Holder. He says, Stephen, what's up? You say, not much. What are you doing? He says, I'm on my way to work. You go, oh, okay. That means he's on his way where? <laughs>
5: he's, he's probably on his way uh, to uh, to uh, one of his business. Um, ventures outside of football <laughs> that he works in. <laughs> He's got some business interests. I, I don't even know the details, but I know he does have business interests uh, outside of football. And in fact, I have talked to him recently, and that's what he was doing. So, you know, what, does he go back to the studio? Perhaps I, I think he, that could happen. In fact, you know, he could he could probably spin it, spin it as as being more marketable now having had the opportunity to be an NFL head coach, right? So maybe that gives him even more um, value as an analyst. So I, I think there's going to be interest in him there. He's really good on TV, let's be honest. He's really good, and and he's going to have that opportunity as well.
0: So you don't believe that there is no, any sort of not, a role? No, he's not
5: going to be in football. I don't think he will be. Okay, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. And again, I, really I think don't.
2: he's I think he's even more attractive to your employer now steven considering everything that I he do. went through the last couple couple of months so that experience really is do. going to i think enhance his resume there with espn um again steven's the latest up on espn.com colt's unveil shane syke and his head coach to solve qb woes steven uh try to get a little bit of quiet time between now and the combine
4: yeah fingers crossed appreciate you guys life is so much more than a diagnosis it's about sharing time with those you love
0: Come on, Jake. I've never seen the show. <sighs> Always sunny in Philadelphia. It's I, know, a great I, know, show. I know what it is, but I've never seen it. Great show. Do you watch
2: it? That was, I've seen it a few times. That was part of the Colts' uh, tweets announcing Shane Steichen. They crossed out the Philadelphia and put Indianapolis in announcing. And that was after the We Got Our Guy. Have you been tweet. to Philly? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm.
0: I like Philly. I think Philly gets kind of a bum rap because it's, it's very. There are areas of it that it's obviously very old, but like I just think there's a spirit about Philadelphia that's pretty cool. Like people from Philly will throw you down a flight of stairs for Philly, which which I think is cool. Oh, I
2: I love the passion. Totally. I mean, Sirianni's perfect for him. Yeah, with his emotion, his passion, all those things. So yeah, we're hoping to get the silly, uh, the silly, the Philly side of it with Anthony Gargano coming up from the fanatic in Philadelphia. Certainly a busy time of year. They thought. You know, certainly at halftime on Sunday today could be parade day. I saw it's parade day in Kansas City. Pretty good weather for the old Kansas City parade. Did you see the Valentine that Juju Schuster sent? Or I I did. That was uh, I I chuckled and then felt bad for James Bradbury.
0: He sent a Valentine. I mean, I think somebody else. It was a meme of a fake Valentine with Bradbury's photo. He's the one, of course, that was called for the defensive holding late in the Super Bowl, and it just simply had his picture, and it said, like, I will hold you when it matters most or something like that. And Juju Schuster tweeted it, and they went back and forth over it a little bit.
2: I saw A.J. Brown chimed in. I actually like the A.J. Brown response. Let me see if I can find that. Oh, he goes, first off, congratulations. You all deserve it. This is lame. You was on the way out of the league before Mahomes resurrected your career on your one-year TikTok, boy. I think Juju Smith-Schuster is a TikToker. Okay. Uh, he admitted that he grabbed you, but don't act like you're like that or ever was, but congratulations again. That's pretty fair to stand up for your guy, right? So that was like some high-road moments, stand up for your guy. I thought it was a good mix from it a good mix, Brown. It wasn't. A
0: good mix is a good way to say it, right?
2: Uh, again, tonight, we've got IU back in action. That is a 9 o'clock tip from Evanston, and the Pacers will round out... Their first half, which is more like three-fourths of the season so far, with the Chicago Bulls inside of GameBridge Fieldhouse. That's a 7 o'clock Hey, t- Anthony. It's that's work. a I big one for Indiana tonight,
0: our, right? Receivers messed taking up. Taking right? on Northwestern. Second, I think
2: Mark. Right? we got Mark, uh, Mark's mics on as he's getting Anthony <laughs> on the Well, the phones are messed up we're a, still. So we're a well-oiled he, machine over he's here. He's on. Yeah. He's ready to go. Uh, from the Fanatic in Philly right now, Anthony Gargano joins us to talk about Shane Steichen. And, and I guess, l- let's begin here, Anthony. Thank you for the time on this Wednesday morning. Uh, Shane Steichen, Jonathan Gannon, who's the bigger loss for Philly? Do
1: be a favor, you cut out on me. Say it again?
2: Uh, bigger loss on the coordinator front for the Eagles. Right. Is it Jonathan Gannon or is it Shane Steichen?
1: Okay, so they're celebrating the loss of Gannon here. okay just just so you know like the loss of gannon is like a huge win for the fan base
2: the super bowl parades turned into the jonathan
1: gannon parade yeah like they're excited that they lost gannon so the gannon was the one the one figure with the eagles who was not liked was gannon basically because of his scheme he played more of a passive scheme but uh, I like Steichen a lot. i I got to tell you, I thought you guys got a, a winner there. I know that we are, you know, Colts East after Frank Reich and everything else. Uh, I think Steichen's a good hire. I think he's young, sharp. He had a lot to do with uh, the success of Jalen Hurts, his offense. You know, I'm a big Sirianni guy, and I, and I think uh, I think he Sirianni leaned on Steichen a lot. You know about the play call. You know that you know that, that Sirianni gave up the play calling to Steichen. I, I I thought it always had a a rhythm. I thought it had uh, a, a purpose. I, I'm very high on him. I think he's a sharp dude.
0: So Anthony, that that might have kind of answered this question, I guess. But when you look at, I, I think the thing that people really enjoy about Philadelphia, I mean the Eagles, especially like in the Super Bowl, was. Just the aggression, right? Like the no-fear offense, like we're going for it. Fourth down, like, I mean, it's always four downs, let's go. Do you think that that aggression, was that Nick Sirianni deferring entirely to Steichen's philosophy or did Steichen's philosophy come from the energy and the
1: tone that was set by Nick Sirianni? Yeah, I just think sometimes guys are on the same page and those two are on the same page. I I know that, that that Sirianni's philosophy is to be aggressive and to go for it. And it's not about threes. It's about sevens. And especially, you know, like they've perfected the third and five play call, which is like, we know that we're going to go for it. So we may not go to the sticks. We may go underneath. We may run the ball. And cause we're going to go for it on fourth down. And I, I think that is more of a collab kind of thing. I know Sirianni felt like that. I think those two on the same page, I, again, I I think those two guys worked you know wonderfully in tandem, and I think I think Steichen's going to be a, a very successful guy. He's he's real likable. I think the thing about Sirianni is he relates really well to his players, and I think Steichen's the same way.
2: Again, Anthony Gargano's with us, ninety-seven point five, the fanatic in Philly, and we're talking Shane Steichen with him right now. Personality-wise, Anthony, I, I guess as best you know, you know. Nick Sirianni, we see his emotion. We saw it here for several yeah. seasons and obviously if you were inside of Lucas Oil Stadium back in November, you certainly saw it after that Eagles win over mm-hmm. the Colts. Uh, Shane Steichen, does he fall a little bit more on the Sirianni side of the personality to you or a little bit more on the Frank Reich side of things?
1: He's probably a little more Reich, but I, I, I gotta tell you, he's not. Frank was very uh, stoic, understated in that way and more old school. I think I think Shane's got a little bit of uh, fire to him in that way, and I think he's got he, will, he listen. He's not Sirianni, right? Sirianni is uh, he's Ted Lasso. You know, he's got this like amazing like he loves everybody and he's fiery and he's just got he's just got that's who he is, right? So he's not that, but I think he's he's definitely Psyche's he's definitely got uh, a good way about him. I think you'll like him. I think you'll be more. He's more animated than Reich. So I think you know Frank. Frank, who's more old school, right? Like Frank's got that. You know, uh, I've been around this game a long time, and it's more even keeled, and uh, it's what I kind of like about the youthfulness of Sirianni. Like he's into it, and I think it's going to be the same way.
2: If you don't mind, we go back to the 2021 season and when Sirianni gave up those play calling duties, like. I assume it was just too much was on his plate, but you know where was you know the Eagles' situation at that point, and why do you think he did that with Steichen taking over, and then seemingly they kind of turned it around and made the playoffs?
1: Yeah, so a couple things. One, um, look, they had to re kind of focus their offense. If you, you know, Jalen Hurts had has made an incredible leap from last year to this year. If you just go back and watch the Tampa playoff game from a year ago, all right, a year, that's it, a year ago, where he missed open receivers, he did not play well. There was a lot of talk that you know they were going to, they did kick the tires on Russell Wilson. They were going to talk about uh, using one of their picks to draft a quarterback. So you know when I when we go back to that, that's a big part of the story. So when Sirianni takes over. He has more of a passing, uh, you know, emphasis on his, on his offense. Now he has to kind of reshape it, refocus it to a more run based offense at, with Jalen doing, using a lot of stuff on his legs. And I, I think, look, I think one of the reasons why it was less about the play calling, why he gave it up to Shane and more about why, you know, he wanted to kind of set, sit back. And be a CEO, and I think which I always gave Sirianni a lot of credit because I I think you have to be more CEO, especially when you're a young new coach, first year guy. You want to be you know more the CEO type. But the Eagles' offense was okay last year, Uh, and I think you know did it improve some with Shane at the helm? Yeah, I, I think so. But I think it was more of a product of them shifting to a more run based, run focused offense. And then this year, Jalen takes the stats. And look, you know, you could be the greatest play call in the world if your quarterback isn't isn't good. You got no success. So this was all about this year was all about Jalen's you know kind of meteoric rise. You know the thing
0: about Jalen Hurts, I, I've always been Anthony impressed with. J- I mean, I don't know Jalen Hurts right, but in watching him, even back to when he was at Alabama and he gets pulled for for Tua, and then Tua throws a touchdown like. I just thought he had a maturity about him and a leadership about him that was very impressive. But in particular now, that entire Eagles franchise since the Super Bowl and losing that game, they all have had like this incredible maturity and accountability about them. Was that brought out of jail? Did he already just inherently have that... Or is there a, a system in place, perhaps, that Saiken brings with him that that is starting at the top within the Eagles organization? Yeah.
1: I mean, I think you have a little bit of both. But let me just say this, Jalen. So that's innate. All right. Like what you saw from him was who he is. He's a coach's kid. Like when your father's the coach and you, grow up, you grew up around it, and that's who he is. Like those coaches' kids. Are always so far ahead of the game when it comes to maturity and how to act, and you know he 's also relentless as a worker, I and mean, then you know people get like cliche oh well, you know where everybody works Well, this dude is almost obsessed by football like that 's what he loves to do it 's his hobby and his vocation, so he 's married to two he loves it, and he 's just a relentless worker, and so that 's innate. Now, I will say that the Eagles franchise and that organization comes from Jeffrey Lurie and uh, Howie Roseman. They have a tremendous amount of what they've built, a lot of gravitas. that I think stems from Andy Reid. I think Andy Reid helped install this and almost guide Jeffrey Lurie and Howie because Howie worked under Andy for a long time. And I, I think Andy put it in place. And Jeffrey and and Howie really perfected it, and they do have that. What you see is real, so you kind of get both, right? So when he comes here, when Shane comes here, he's coming from a really well-oiled machine that starts at the top. I mean, Jeff is a really is a great owner. Nobody roots for the, the owners, right? We know that, but my man's got it down. Like he knows how to run an organization, and Howie's a terrific top lieutenant and a and a CEO type. And so they're buttoned up, and I think that's a good thing because Shane's going to come into Indy, and he's going to get everything organized. You know, I, and I don't know what Frank was like, you know, over there, but I'm, I'm telling you, I know that Steichen will. That'll be the first thing he'll attack. Again,
2: uh, last one from me, Anthony. Anthony Gargano is with us here. You can hear him. 97.5, the Fanatic in Philly. Some great stuff here on this Wednesday morning about Shane Steichen. You know, I asked Shane yesterday in the press conference about the biggest thing he wants to take from Nick Sirianni's two years as being a first-time head coach and the success he's had. What do you think would be the biggest thing Shane Steichen is looking to take from how Nick Sirianni has led
1: Philly? You know what? His professionalism. I, I got to tell you something, guys. Listen, when, when, when Nick comes in and he has his introductory press conference, you know, Nick did not do well, right, in, in that news conference. By the way, nobody wins and loses on a news conference, but it's your first kind of foray into, well, who's the guy? Nobody in Philadelphia knew who Nick was. And I, I remember the, the each along the way during his first season. There was an incredible professionalism. Like I was out at their mini camps, their practices. You know, their OTAs and practices were run really well. To the t- I loved the way they ran their practices. I loved the way they ran their meetings. I, and it translated on the field. And I will never forget looking at them out at the first preseason game, and they were organized and they were professional. And I think that's a big deal because you're going to come off on that footing where you go, all right, this is who we want to be, and you're laying the groundwork. And I think that's a big thing that Sirianni – Sirianni talked about planting roots, and everybody joked about that. He was right, and he's going to take that, I believe. Shane's going to take that, and he's going to plant his roots, and that team, that Colts team, will be professional. And I do think he'll foster the love thing. I think inside that room, those guys believed in one another, and they loved one another, and it's not a cliche, and it's not corny. It worked, and it's translated into a winning franchise.
0: Which city do you think more, uh, at times probably desperately, holds on to movies to try to like latch on to a sports culture? Indianapolis with the movie Hoosiers or Philly with Rocky?
1: <laughs> I think both became a character, right? Like, totally. Like a part of the town. Totally. You know, it, it is. It just became ingrained. For some reason, both of those films, the two greats, and they are one, too, when it comes to sports movies. When When, the, when they, it just became part of the identity. And I think both cities were looking for an identity when the movies came out.
0: Yeah, it is. You know, don't you agree? Anthony, you know, one thing about Philly that I I, I truly appreciate and respect, and one of the things that I kind of love about it, when you visit Philadelphia as a non-Philadelphian – you you understand and you have a feeling for the fact that it's kind of America's city, historically speaking. But you know that people who are born and bred in Philly have it within them, and it never leaves you, no matter where you might go from Philadelphia. You are definitely a Philly guy or gal, <laughs> and I think people in Indy can relate to that because we kind of have that here, and yeah. and I think
1: we're fortunate. Not a lot of cities have that. You know what it is? It's it's a innate pride, and I think it's. It's beautiful. I worked in New York, Chicago. I've been all around the country, and I went back to Philly, and I kind of wear all my sleeves, and I could sense the same thing uh, about Indianapolis. It's a, it's, a, it's a great spot, great place, and it's a place of pride. And I love places that have civic pride, pride in what they do. Yeah. So amen, brother.
2: Amen to that. I think Nick Sirianni certainly wears it on his sleeve, and I think guys love playing for him. I think the fan base certainly has gravitated towards Nick Sirianni. Again, Anthony Gargano from 97.5, the F- the Fanatic in Philly. Thanks, Anthony. I appreciate it, man. See you, fellas.